there for the time of worship. It's good to be with all of you guys again um, at Home of Christ 4. Uh, it's always a privilege and an honor to, to be able to share the word of God uh, with you guys. I want to start by reading out a story. Um, it's from Numbers. It's a book that we don't often read uh, in the Bible, but it's from Numbers uh, chapter 12, verse 1 to 13. All right, I can read it out. If you, if you have your Bibles, feel free to uh, turn to this passage. Um, Numbers chapter 12. Verse 1 to 13. I'll give you guys some time to open it. All right. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. And when they were, why they were, were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. Then the cloud lifted above, from above the tent. Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned toward her and saw that she had a defiling skin disease. When he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us a sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. Verse 13, So Moses cried out to the Lord, Please, God, heal her. Let's go to God in prayer and, and let's, let's start. God, we thank you for this morning. We're able to gather as your people to worship you, to listen to your word. And Lord, we ask that you come and speak to us, Lord, once again, so that our hearts may be stirred, our affections may rise towards you, and we may know how to live in community and be part of this community. And Lord, I pray that you use me today to uh, preach your word and Lord, fill me with your spirit. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the last couple of times I joined you guys, I talked about the importance of community and the importance of the church. Why we should have a longing to gather back with God's people. Today, I want to talk about a very specific topic, which is getting along with people within the community, within the church. All right, so I titled today's message, Moving Towards Difficult People. So it's fair to say when it comes to our family relationships, whether it be our siblings, parents, cousins, aunties and uncles, or even our church relationships with brothers and sisters, it can be a love-hate relationship. 
right? The reality is some people in our lives, we absolutely love them. And some, we just wish they were at a different church or from a different bloodline, right? We've experienced times of joy and pain and suffering in these relationships. Now, I remember growing up countless of times, I've had these fights with those in my family, right? This time when I spent the whole morning building Lego and my sister comes in and she kicks it down for no reason. Then I complain running down the stairs to my mom and, and then my mom's like, what did you do? It's your own fault. And because of that, I harbored anger towards my sibling and all that time when I realized my parents bought her a phone at the start of middle school while I had to wait till senior year. Then, you know, talk about harboring any anger against my sister. You see, sibling rivalries always begin from a young age. And if you don't let go of it, it stays with you for a very long time. These rivalries also happen in the life of the church. We get angry at our brothers and sisters who may have said something that have offended us or who may not appreciate the service that we do. You see, we find it easily easy to forgive those at work, but for some reason, we can't forgive those at church. You know, there are some sisters and brothers that we love and, and we're more than happy to, to go out and, and grab a boba together. But there's other brothers and sisters at church where we just want to avoid them at all costs. If we see them walking down the hallway, we, we, we pull out our phones and we're looking at our phones or we're turning the other way. Or we, we have this fake smile and, and, and say the polite words, how are you doing? You see, this is a common problem in the life of the community. The reality is, our brothers and sisters, not only in blood, but spiritually, we need to remember that we are one in Christ. And if we are part of a church community, a wider community, we ought to make an effort to move towards these people. But our natural tendency is to run the other way, right? To avoid them. But is this what honors God? in these hard situations. Today, I want to teach you guys a few principles, lessons from the life of Moses and his relationship with his two siblings, Miriam and Aaron. And then we're also going to look at a little bit in his relationship with the Israelites, the community of the Israelites. So the first point I want to talk to you about is this. Difficult people are in our lives for a reason. Difficult people are in our lives for a reason. Now, you're probably thinking, why would God put this very annoying person, this self-righteous, this rude person in my life? Why did God make my parents have another baby? Why is my brother or sister so annoying? Why is my brother so full of himself? What did I do to deserve this? God, please tell me the reason why they are in our, in our lives. You know, as I reflect on my own personal life over the years, it's, you know, what we do when, when we hit over 30. We do a lot of reflecting. 
it occurred to me at every single point in my life, starting from my own family, to my corporate work, to my church service, God has placed a very difficult person in my life. From young, it was my sibling. We never got along. Very different in many ways. Always competing against each other. When I first started corporate work at the age of 22, there was a colleague that gave me a very hard time. For no reason, she should always give me a hard time. She would ignore me and not, not assist me in any projects. When I moved to another company after a couple of years, uh, there was another person at my new job who also gave me a hard time. I found it very hard to settle down in this new place because she wouldn't work with me uh, because I was a new person. When I dropped my corporate work and I went into a full-time ministry, I thought it was going to get better, right? Church, church is the best place. Brothers and sisters dwelling in unity. Was it? Well, at my home church in Melbourne, there was a church brother that would always give me a hard time questioning everything that I do. At my placement church where I was interning when I was in seminary, there was a, a fellow sister who would just give me mean looks for no reason. You see, as I reflected on this, at every point in my life, God has placed a difficult person. And now looking back, I, I see why God placed those difficult people in my life. He had his reasons. You know, at that time, I was experiencing a lot of pain, suffering, confusion as to why they would not dislike me. Maybe there's many reasons I don't know. But I started to realize why God would put these people in our lives. It was for a reason. You see, God wants to mold us and shape us to be more like Christ. God wants us to move towards people and for us to think not so highly of ourselves. God wants to mold our love for those who we find hard to love. And God wants to mold our leadership in these small areas so that when God gives us higher leadership, we're able to embrace it. You see, in the life of Moses, he was in a tricky position with his siblings. The Bible tells us that he had an older sister that was jealous of his leadership, right? Moses was this prophet that's speaking, speaking with God face to face. And in Numbers chapter 12, we see Aaron and Miriam complain to God about Moses having this Cushite wife. You can't get any worse, right? Moses has already had to deal with so many people, so many things going on in his life. His sister now comes out against his wife. Some commentators say it's because of an ethnic or racial reason. We don't exactly know why. But we see his siblings, they didn't get along with Moses. They were jealous of his leadership. And they weren't happy with the wife that he decided to marry. You see, even when it came to the community of believers, the Israelites, things were no different. Even after rescuing them out of slavery from the Egyptians and leading them safely, the Israelites were not happy with Moses. Instead of being grateful to Moses for helping out and leading them out of slavery into freedom, they made things really hard for Moses. Every meal they would complain. They would grumble to Moses about not having water. They would complain and say, Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? And in Numbers 14, in the beginning, it even states that the Israelites cried out and they said, let us choose another leader. You see, from the life of Moses, 
He faced many difficult people in his own life, from his older sister to those around him. But there was one way Moses overcome these problems. And I think the key is this, which is my second point. He started to move towards them, not away from them. You see, likewise, we need to move towards these difficult people in our own lives and not away from them. Our natural tendencies, as I said before, is to walk the other way. But I think what God could be asking of us is to actually intentionally move towards these people in our lives. You see, when I was in the workplace and I knew there was a certain colleague that was in the lunchroom, I would eat at my own table because I didn't want to bump into them. At church, I remember many years ago, I didn't get along with a certain person at church. I would go to extreme lengths to avoid them and, and turn the other way and walk the opposite direction. I would even miss out meetings to avoid this person. I would come up with some great excuse that I couldn't attend a certain church fellowship. But what amazes me and encourages and reveals to me from the life of Moses is that he didn't retaliate towards these difficult people in his life like Miriam and the Israelites. He moved towards them, not away from them. You see what happened in, in, in Numbers 12 when Miriam was struck with leprosy, a rare skin disease that would damage the nerves and, and cause the skin to turn white? What did Moses do? Right, we've read before. What did Moses do, right? He wasn't like, ha-ha, that, that, you got what you deserve. I'm a prophet of God. Uh, you got what was coming to you. In verse 13, he cried out to the Lord and he said, Oh God, please heal her. Please heal her. This is a very hard thing to do, isn't it? This should give us the encouragement that when we face difficult people in our own lives, what are some ways that we can move towards them like Moses? You see, Moses did this when it came to his wider community. The Israelites, they were, uh, to put it more bluntly, they were quite naughty. Right? They've been led out of Egypt. They've been led out of their former captives. But they still fell back to their old carved images. But what did Moses do? He didn't give up on them. He didn't say, oh God, destroy these people. He begged God to forgive Israel's unbelief when it was time to enter the promised land in Numbers 14, verse 19. He, he laid prostrate before God, fasting 40 days and 40 nights after Aaron and the Israelites made a golden calf to worship in Deuteronomy chapter 9. What a thing to do, right? Fasting 40 days for a bunch of people who constantly annoy you. You know, a couple of hours without food, for us, we get very, we get very angry. Let alone fasting and praying for someone who, who said something to offend us. Fasting 40 days. You know, I have to admit, a personal confession of mine is, loving people and moving towards 
those that annoy me is one of the hardest things to do. There were moments when the Israelites, their constant complaints just drove Moses to the brink of despair. And at times it, we can grow wary. That's the reality, right? Exodus 5.22, Moses says to God, why did you ever send me to these people? And we may feel like that. God, why was I born into this family? Why was I born into this church? Why did you place me in this company where, where everyone gives me such a hard time? But you see, Moses persevered. Even till the very end, he was still leading the disobedient Israelites. And I truly believe that when we are faithful and when we persevere in these hard situations, God comes and meets us and our faith starts to become more refined and it becomes stronger. A couple of years back, many years back actually, there was a younger sister in Christ that honestly, we never really got along. During youth nights, she would question everything that I taught. Um, when, I, when I tried to reach out to her, she avoided me. And I remember at times I found it very, uh, quite annoying because it was actually distracting the class. I would often avoid her and, and, and I, to be honest, I, I found her quite annoying. And she would often try to turn these Bible studies into mini debates. But one day I, I suddenly realized, you know what? I need to love this sister. I need to intentionally move towards her. And so as God helped me through that, we were able to start to have these small conversations with her and was able to have some text messages going back and forth. And then I, one day I took the courage and I said, hey, I, I would love to visit you at, at college to hang out with your friends. And from these mini steps, what happened was God started to work in both of our hearts. And, and something truly amazing came out of this. She said to me one day, Ben, I want you to lead me in baptism. I want you to lead me to these baptism classes and I want you to, to baptize me. You see, I could have easily moved away from this situation because the reality is church, community, there's so many people that we can talk to, so many people that we can hang out with. Our natural tendency is to walk away. But I think God places these people in our lives so that we can intentionally move towards. Not because it only molds us, but it trains us to be more like Christ. Third point. We ought to give grace to people just as God gave us grace in Jesus Christ. We ought to extend grace just as God has extended grace through Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it states this, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also might must forgive. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. You see, we're living in this Christian community. One of the keys for the church to truly grow, it's unity. It's ability to bear with one another. When we're wronged or feel betrayed, or, or we hear gossip, when jealousy hits, or why did God give them with this gift? 
when misunderstandings, misunderstandings happen, we as Christians are called to forgive just as Christ came to forgive us for everything that we've done. And you know what? I want you to realize at this point, realize that you too could be the difficult person in someone else's life. Realize you too could be the difficult person in someone else's life. That you yourself are not perfect. That you yourself have shortcomings and sins. You might not even realize that you might be that difficult person in someone's life. I remember three and a half years ago, it was my last Sunday at my home church in, in Melbourne, Australia. We had this official send-off for Ruth and I. And, and one of my Christian brothers who, who I've grown up with all my life at, at church, and I would say we're pretty close friends, he comes up to me with a handwritten card in an envelope. And I thought, oh, wow, what a great encouragement. Maybe he gave me a gift card. I don't know. All right, he gave me a card. But before he gave it to me, he told me that he felt like all these years, we never got along. And we didn't see eye to eye on many things. And the list went on. He was telling me I was hard to work with. I wouldn't listen and all these things. And I was completely shocked. Here I was thinking we were these good buddies in ministry, co-laboring for Christ together for the glory of God. But I was so wrong. He saw me as that difficult person that he had to work with. And I was shocked. And I was reflecting on this for days. Can you imagine? The guy that you think that your ministry buddies with tells you on the last day at church that he found you the hardest person to co-work with at church. What a reminder, isn't it? That we as well could be that difficult person in someone else's life. We ought not to think too highly of ourselves and think we are sin-free or that we're easy to work with. Hey, remember that we're also fallen. We're also so oblivious to our own shortcomings and, and weaknesses. So as I wrap up today's message, what a reminder that we need to constantly give grace to those around us because it all links back to the very fact that God has shown grace towards us. Even though we were once enemies of God, God gives us Christ Jesus. Even once when we were so unlovable, God first came to love us. So next time you think about jealousy between a sibling or harboring evil thoughts or, or bitterness towards a certain church brother or sister, remember that God gave you grace even when you were once his enemy. Next time you want to run away from a certain colleague, remember that God pursued you so that you can have a living relationship with him. Next time a brother or sister wrongs you at church, remember to give and extend grace because of the grace that was given to you. Romans 15, 5 to 6, it says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to recap, difficult people are in our lives for a reason. They mold us, they shape us, they teach us, they help us to be more like Christ. Second, 
We need to move towards them and not away from them. You see, the easy way is to run the, other, the opposite way. But God wants us to stay and move towards them. Whether that's a text message, whether that's treating them out for lunch, whether that's praying for them. Because when we do this, we actually start to experience more of God. And third, we give grace to others because God first gave it to us. We're not perfect. We are not sinless. We are also bad people. But God still wanted to have a relationship with us. And we see from the life of Moses, he stuck to it. At times, you want to get rid of your sibling. You want to leave the church. You're not happy with this church. Think about Moses' word. God, please heal her. Next time you encounter any troubles, an ad hoc fall, I want you to remember this. Moses prayed 40 days, fasted 40 nights, 40 days for the people of Israelites. You know, the church will only grow when we have unity. That's the reality. Just like a family relationship, right? Your family will only thrive and, and flourish and prosper when everyone is united together. And so my prayer and my hope is that Hock 4 will continue to move towards people. Move towards people because at the end of the day, God is all about people. And as Christ followers, we need to have a heart that is for people. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have forgiven us for the many times that we have gone against your word. We have turned to the idols of our hearts. Yet, Lord, you pursue us. You constantly show and extend grace towards us. And you love us despite the wickedness in our own hearts. Oh, Lord, we pray that you help us move intentionally towards difficult people. To, to love them and to care for them as you would. Though it's going to be hard at times, though we want to give up and, and often we're driven to despair. But Lord, in those moments, reveal yourself to us through your word and through your spirit. Lift up our hearts so that we know what it means to live in community and to know that unity pleases you and glorifies you and the unity of the church is able to portray the love of Christ to those who are outside of church. Help us to be reminded of that truth this morning. And we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.